Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. Hey, I'm super excited for tonight. Uh, We are in our second week of uh, C12 Summer. And we are going after uh, the theme of biblical knowledge. And if you were here last week, kind of talked about that uh, a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to kind of cast some vision before I kind of jump into uh, the teaching. If you've been around uh, 12 Stone, you know uh, where we have uh, been going as a church. And there's this kind of uh, trend that we've been going after when it comes, uh, starting with biblical knowledge. Um, biblical knowledge to biblical values to then biblical decisions. And this is kind of the direction that we are heading as a whole church uh, when it comes to knowing the Bible, when it comes to understanding what God has uh, for our lives, when it uh, comes to understanding, gaining biblical values, and then how we go throughout making biblical decisions. And if you heard and and been around uh, our co-senior pastor, Jason, he kind of unpacked this on a Sunday morning where he's going over biblical knowledge, biblical values, biblical decisions, and kind of starting when you're younger to kind of grow in biblical knowledge. And then to, as you get into middle school, kind of understand some biblical values, then you kind of get into high school in college, you start to make biblical decisions. But we kind of noticed that when we kind of went over this whole theme, some of you guys were like, uh, can I get help on all three of them? <laughs> like, I, I might not be as strong and biblical knowledge or biblical values or biblical decisions. You're like, yep, D, all the above. I'm not good at any of them. And maybe for some of us, you're like, oh, thank you. I've needed this. Maybe for some of you, it feels like a, a, like a downgrade. You're like, oh, for real? We're going to go back to just biblical knowledge, like we're gonna go back to just some elementary type stuff, just some foundational type things. I wanna revisit why we're doing this and why we're going over this. A couple months ago, back in March, I talked about how we're gonna be moving forward as a ministry, how we're moving forward. And we did a series called Things Jesus Never Said. And we went over the concepts of who Jesus is and the teachings that he actually went over. And then we went into a series called Candid Conversations. How many guys were here for the series on Candid Conversations? Man, it was, it was really good. Uh, we just kind of went over some things that are maybe kind of gray in our world around us. And we understand that, hey, it's, it's a tough day and age to, to follow Jesus. Maybe things aren't as clear as they used to be. And we're going back to the basics because that's where it broke. I'm telling you, if the church ever has a shot at making an impact in the world, it'll never be through charisma. It'll always be through character. If the church ever has a shot at making an impact in the world around around us, it'll never be through charisma. It'll always be through character. It won't be through criticizing what the world isn't doing. It'll actually be celebrating what Jesus is doing. It won't be just about being passionate about the next hot topic in our culture, but it's actually having a zeal set on his mission and his vision. It won't be on self-centered and and having clicks and just me, 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 but it's actually being accepting of everyone and understanding what does it mean to live out of a biblical community? What does it mean to be together with other people that don't think like you, that don't vote like you, that don't act like you, that don't dress like you? It won't be focused on just setbacks and maybe what we've lost or what you've lost personally, but it'll actually be focused on on comebacks and the redemptive power of what God can do in our lives and how we can continue, continuously move forward. And so what you might call basic, maybe God calls breakthrough. Maybe the thing you're like, oh, that's just too basic. I'm kind of beyond that. I'm kind of beyond maybe the, the foundational things. And then you start to hang around people who just gave their life to Jesus. And you're like, I wish I had the fire that you had. Why? Because it's fresh for them. 
Maybe this summer you need to ask God, God, would you bring some of the things that I already know and would you allow it to become more fresh again? Would you allow it to become new to me again? I say it more intently because this summer, I want you to open up what God has for you. I believe actually some great things lie on the horizon for this church. I think some great things rely on the horizon for C12 and I think some great things lie on the horizon for you. So with that said, I'm just gonna jump into tonight. If you got a, a Bible, I want you to go ahead and pull it out, take notes. If you got a, a phone with you, you can pull out the YouVersion app, you can download that quick. Uh, but this is just a way you can kind of follow along. And uh, we're gonna kind of jump into uh, what we've been going over, which is visiting or maybe revisiting the names of God. And last week, uh, we went over three different names of God, which is El Elyon, which means the most high God. We went over Yahweh, which means I will be. And then we also went over the name of God as El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. I'm not gonna go into detail with those. If you wanna listen to that, you can catch us on our podcast and catch up from that from last week. But here's the premise of the whole reason why we're going after the names of God is because if God knows us by our name, then we should know God by his. We should know God by his name. And so tonight we're gonna know God's name as Jehovah Rahai, which means the Lord, my shepherd. This is a name of God, it means the Lord, my shepherd, Jehovah. It's translated, it means the existing one or known as Lord. You see this Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Jireh, these different names of God, it just means the existing one or Lord. And then Raha, which is derived actually from another Hebrew word, which means shepherd. There's actually another extension of this translation. It comes from a different word, which means friend or companion. This indicates the intimacy that God actually desires between himself and his people. And when the words are combined together, it's Jehovah Raha, can be translated as the Lord, my friend. So the Lord, my shepherd, or the Lord, my friend, you get to see all these examples in scripture, in Genesis, up on the screen behind me, you see it in Psalm 80, you see it in Genesis 49, and in, in Psalm 23, it's a very popular verse that maybe some of you have heard of before. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Raha, I lack nothing. And we're gonna come back to Psalm 23, but I want us to see another instance, not just in the Old Testament, but throughout all of scripture where God is known as the good shepherd. It says this in John 10. Maybe some of you heard this before. John 10 verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus is referring to himself as I am the good shepherd. This implies three things. One, that God is the shepherd. <laughs> He says, I am the good shepherd, not just a shepherd, not just some random dude, but I am the good shepherd. It also implies a second thing, that God is good. And if God is good, then there's, he's also implying that there are shepherds that are not good. He says, I am the good shepherd. He goes on even earlier in John. I'm gonna skip, I'm gonna fly through this passage in John, but it says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Well, who's he talking about? He's talking about Satan being a thief and a robber. He goes on to say this in John 10, 10. You probably heard this, this verse before. It's all in the same passage. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus is using this metaphor that, hey, I am the good shepherd. I'm not just a shepherd, I am the good shepherd. And if he is known as the good shepherd, then what does that make us? 
makes us sheep. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't sound super encouraging. You're like, can I pick a different animal? <laughs> I don't want to be a sheep. <laughs> See, I want to, uh, I don't know what you have. Does anyone have a favorite animal in this room? Like you have like a, your go-to animal. I want to throw up. This is my favorite animal. Uh, it is the <laughs> honey badger. My favorite animal. All you girls are like, that is the ugliest freaking animal on the planet. I never want to see that thing again. Uh, this, is, this is the honey badger. Uh, I'm going to kind of geek out for a second. Uh, they're known as the most fearless animal in the world. They're a little skunk rabbit rat looking thing. <laughs> they're not a cute animal, but I promise you they're feisty. If I could own one legally, I probably would. I looked it up. Um, <laughs> they can, <laughs> wouldn't that be weird? You probably wouldn't come back. Like, yeah, the college pastor owns a honey badger. Uh, they are known to uh, uh, eat beehives all by themselves, just getting stung by a whole swarm of bees. They just munch on the honey like it's nothing. Why? Because they don't care. You've all seen the meme, honey badger don't care. They eat rattlesnakes, other birds and reptiles much bigger than them. See, this is the honey badger. That is a fearless animal. I, I'm like, dude, that's my spirit animal. I want to be fearless. I, I, I want to be a freaking baller. I don't want to take on six lions at once. I saw on a YouTube video. I'm like, I got to try it. <laughs> What, what, what's your favorite animal? I'm just going to go ahead and write them out. What, what are animals that like, Dan, this is, this is my spirit animal. This, this is the animal that I love. Falcon. Giraffe. Sloth. Sloth. We have a multiple sloths. Are we okay? Do you guys need a nap? Uh, did someone say moth? Hawk. Yes, yes. Let's do another one. More. Shout, shout them out. Okay, okay. Wolf, a dolphin. We can, we can go on and on. You're like, oh, you didn't write my name up there. Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> Falcon, giraffe, sloth. They're, they're all like cool animals. You're all like, I resonate with some of them. Like, man, a wolf, dude, they're pretty BA, not gonna lie. These are like, they roll in a pack, dude. <laughs> man, I resonate with the sloth because you're like, man, I just, <laughs> I need a freaking nap. <laughs> I just want to eat some food and chill. Like, <laughs> Some of you are cheetah. You're like, I can just run around all day. <laughs> you choose your animal. You see in scripture, it's this metaphor that God is known as the shepherd and then our animal is, is the sheep. And you're like, I don't want to be a sheep. Like sheep are dumb. They're dumb animals. Like there's nothing like really cool about a sheep. They're just, they're, they're, they're white and they're fat and they're fluffy and they're, and they're big and you're like, oh, uh, <laughs> maybe she's my favorite animal. Uh, but there's kind of some challenges when it comes to being a sheep. I just want you to, to put yourself in the perspective, go along with this metaphor. I'm gonna go over three different maybe challenges of what it means to be a sheep out of scripture using it as a metaphor. Because sheep, the first one, sheep are, are, are prone to wander and get lost. Sheep are prone to get wander and get lost. Has anyone ever driven on the road and then you're like, you finally got to where you're going, but you don't remember how you got there? Yeah. You like daydream for so long and you're like, how did I get here? Like, this was 30 minutes ago. <laughs> like, like you just daydream the whole time and then you're like just passing exits because you're not even thinking about it. Some of you get lost in your own neighborhood. I mean, just admit it. Like some of you like, you got no sense of direction. <laughs> like Siri nor Pocahontas could help you where you're at. Like you're just, you're forever lost. Like it, it's gone. <laughs> 
If you're like me, you can, you can kind of wander and get lost. These sheep wander and they get lost. My mind can wander and get lost. The day-to-day decisions that I make, sometimes I can drift. I can wander from what God is doing in me, what he's called me to be, his voice. I can wander. I can drift. If we, if we just would admit it more than we like to, I think we resonate with the sheep, that we're prone to wander and get lost. Look at what it says in Isaiah. Isaiah 53, it's, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. See, sheep are prone to wander and get lost. Have you ever got to spots in your life and you're like, how did I get here? How did I get to where I'm at? How did I drift this far? How did I get this far from God? How did I become this disengaged from community? How did I quickly do my thing instead of trusting in what God has for me? How did I get to a spot where I make so many bad decisions and have a bad habits How do I get this prideful or this arrogant, brash, rude, divisive, or cynical, judgmental? Like, how how did I get to be where I'm at? How did we drift this far? And when you're a college young adult, you're just focused on, like, I got to focus on my identity, who I am, what God's called me to be. You're figuring out who you are, the calling God's put on your life. And it's easy to wander and lost and get lost in a culture when you start to lose the voice of the shepherd. The sheep are known to wander and get lost. When you lose his voice, you'll always lose your way. When you lose God's voice, you'll always lose your way. That's the first one. Sheep are prone to wander and get lost. Second, sheep are defenseless, independent. I wanna camp out on this one for a second. I wanna go back to some of your animals. Like some of you guys picked animals because you're like, yeah, this, this animal can like fight off something, right? Like wolves kind of have like a defense tactic. Like a, a giraffe, they can just swing their 8,000 foot long neck and wipe out like everything. Like you got animals, you're like, yeah, you, dude, you, you, can, you can like go after someone. A sheep, no. <laughs> you'd like, you'd like a sheep is so defenseless. There's nothing that a sheep can do. There's not, they're not aggressive animals. There's nothing that they can do to counteract something that is coming at a sheep. You can't even really even train a sheep. Like go to a circus, you're not gonna find a sheep. Why? Because you can't train it. You can train a lot of other animals, you can't train a sheep. You can't, even, you can't even train a sheep to play dead. Someone once told me, they're like, yeah, just shoot it. That's how I'm like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> I know, we took a turn. <laughs> you're gonna walk out, uh, yeah, Alex said sheep are dumb. That's my biggest takeaway. You can't train them. You can't do anything with them. Because sheep, why? They're, they're so dependent. Sheep are so dependent. They can't do anything on their own. They need guidance and protection constantly. Can I just invite you in on, on a little bit of a personal journey? When I stepped out of the academy, a lot of you guys know this story. I'm going to use the whiteboard as much space as I have here. There are two things that we focused on inside counseling when I walked out of the academy and stepped into this new phase um, of the residency and came back in. It was the difference between being wounded and being broken. Being wounded and being broken. I had to walk through a journey where I thought that there was something that I had in mind for God's calling in my life and it didn't work out. And I came into counseling being pretty wounded. Well, God, this didn't work out for me. God, why do I have post-traumatic stress disorder? God, why do I have derealization disorder? God, why am I walking through these things? 
And over time, I had to understand the difference between being wounded and being broken. See, being broken means that you're a sacrifice for God. Being wounded means that you self-protect for yourself. Being broken meant that I was used by God. Being wounded meant I'm, means I'm just playing for what I want in life. Being broken meant that I'm being offensive for the kingdom. Being wounded means that I'm defensive for myself. If you're not careful, you can mistake being broken for being wounded and not even understanding where you're playing defense and where you're playing offense. I had to understand that, you know what? Being broken means that I'm dependent. Being broken means that I'm really dependent. Being wounded means I act like I'm dependent, but really I do things on my own. And I had to come to a spot where I knew where it came in leadership, I had to pray like a boy and I had to lead like a man. When it comes to pastoring and spiritual warfare, I pray like a warrior and I lead like a lamb. I'm gonna say that again. When it came to anything in leadership, I pray like a boy and I lead like a man. When it comes to pastoring and spiritual warfare, I pray like a warrior and I lead like a lamb. Why? Because lamb, AKA sheep, they're dependent. Sheep are defenseless and dependent. Without God, I don't have a defensive tactic. Without God, I don't have a defensive tactic. I'm just like a lamb. And most of us have to admit that when we get farther along in life, sometimes we have a little bit more bark than we do bite. <laughs> and we'd rather be these animals because on the inside, you're like, yeah, I'm a falcon, I'm a giraffe, I'm a sloth, I'm, I'm whatever. Sometimes we like to have a little bit more bark because we're wounded when we understand that we're a sheep because we're broken. Sheep, they're defenseless and they're dependent. You need to realize that you need God as the good shepherd. The third, sheep are very stubborn. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh no. <laughs> sheep just do what they want and when they want. When sheep get stuck, they're just too, they're just too dumb to back out. They just, they, they won't back out of the hole. Some of you guys have seen the, maybe the videos or the sheep gets out and then they just trot right back into the same hole that they're entrenched in. They fall back in the same hole. Let's not act like we don't do this sometimes. <laughs> Let's not act like we just don't fall back into the same hole that we just so thought we got ourselves out of. We fall back into the same toxic dating relationships. Uh-oh. <laughs> we went there. Fell back into the same hole of anger fell back in the same hole of cynicism. You fell back in the same hole of apathy or laziness. Sheep can be stubborn. And maybe they don't understand that they can just back out. Maybe they don't understand that I can just get out of what I'm in if I would understand that I am actually defenseless and I'm actually, I need to be dependent. So do we get the picture of our role as a sheep? <laughs> Our role as a sheep, we have to, and here's why, we have to understand our role as a sheep so we can better appreciate God's role as a shepherd. If we don't understand our role as sheep, we're gonna not understand as God, as Jehovah Raha, meaning the Lord, my shepherd. And even the farther along that you try to lead yourself in life, the more that you understand that you're actually just following God, not really leading yourself. 
You're the ones that are just, I'm following God and what he has for me. So now it gets into the character of the good shepherd. Who is the good shepherd? Well, the good shepherd corrects. The good shepherd corrects. This one doesn't really sound fun. Nobody likes to be corrected. It never feels good. How many of you hate, like when you're in an argument and you know that you're wrong, but like you still try to prove the fact that you're right, even though that you're wrong. Some of you are like, you're, you're raising the other person's hand next to you. You're like, it's them, <laughs> it's happened today. <laughs> you still try to prove that you're right, even though you know that you're wrong. And this like really plays out in kids. Like all my teachers say, amen. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Thank God for summer. Um, I, uh, I have uh, three nieces now. Uh, my other uh, niece, Avery Elise Nicolet, was just born yesterday. Um, people are always like, congrats. I'm like, sweet, I did nothing. I'm an uncle, you don't do anything. Uh, I just kind of exist. <laughs> I show up with presents and stuff. And, uh, and there's this like thing as being an uncle um, uh, that you, you wanna be the fun uncle, you know? Like how many of your aunts and uncles in this room already? Like you wanna be known as like, I wanna be the fun uncle and aunt. Like I, I don't wanna be lame, I wanna be fun. I wanna be like the one who shows up your life with a party, like you're super nice, give good gifts. Like, and sometimes being loving like just isn't fun. <laughs> like there's some moments where I had to kind of bring correction to Kenzie and Zoe, my two other nieces. And this happened uh, one of the last times that I was home and uh, I'm always just trying to like, you know, have fun with them. We run around the house and they, they uh, watch Paw Patrol. It's like their favorite show. Uh, and they always want to uh, uh, act as, as the animals. Uh, and so uh, Kenzie, she like runs around like a hyena. And I'm like, Kenzie, when you go to school, you can't do that. Like, that's creepy. Like, you can't like, <laughs> so I'm like running in the halls, like, huh, class. <laughs> Uh, like you can't like, I know your arms are jacked, but like we got to find a different method of transportation. Uh, and, and so we're always like running around the house and uh, I always log in on my Apple watch so I get a workout. Uh, uh, but sometimes, you know, we, we had moments that are really fun, sometimes that are not fun. There's moments where uh, you kind of have to like correct kids. And then like inwardly, you're like, ah, oh, this person hates me. Like Kenzie hates me. And there's a moment where they're like drawing, you know, and I wasn't even paying attention. So always like drawing on the wall with like cramps. She's like, you know, my sister comes over like, Alex, what are you doing? Be a good uncle. And I'm like, I, oh, okay, yep, yep. You should, uh, we should take that down. I'm like having to like, you know, <laughs> like prevent them from doing certain things, take away certain things. And then they come to you and, and now they're crying and now they're mad. And it's just like, he hates me. I'm like, oh, the drama. Like, I don't, <laughs> and then, but inwardly you're like, oh my gosh, like you hate me. <laughs> Moments where they try to put stuff in the outlets. <laughs> Tell them like little quarters, little forks, and then you like smack their hand and they're like, you hate me, you're mean. I'm like, I'm saving your life, but you don't know that. <laughs> I am literally trying to save you. See, sometimes correction, when you're, you're actually trying to help kids, that actually isn't fun at all. Correction sometimes isn't fun. Nobody likes to be corrected. Nobody actually wants to be corrected maybe from somebody else that calls something out in your life. Nobody really loves to be corrected when maybe God tries to rebuke you in a certain area. See, correction isn't fun, but it's always fruitful. Correction isn't fun, but it's always fruitful. Look at what it says in Hebrews 12. It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. <laughs> Like they were really intentional, like comma, but painful. It actually sucks. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Look what it says again in Job. It says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. If God corrects you, you are blessed. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty for he wounds, but he also binds up. 
He injures, he injures, but his hands also heals. If God corrects you, you are blessed. Why? Because God disciplines those he loves. God corrects and disciplines those he loves. If God gets your attention with a correction, then pay attention to the direction you need to shift in your life. God is the Lord, my shepherd. He's the good shepherd corrects. And we've said it before, usually the, the, the sins that are usually around in your life now are the ones that you still like. And the ones that you don't want to get corrected over is the one that God brings up again and again and in prayer. Why? Because he loves you too much to not leave you how he found you, but he wants you to be transformed by his word and by who he is. And so going to the second one, the good shepherd guides and provides. The good shepherd guides and provides. Look, it says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. See, the interesting thing about sheep is actually they won't rest until they actually have three things. Sheep won't lie down until they know that they are fed. Sheep won't lie down until they know that they're safe. And sheep won't lie down until they know they're at peace. Those three things have to be true of sheep to actually have rest, to actually begin to lie down in green pastures knowing that their shepherd is there. So they won't lie down until they're fed. How many of you guys are like late night snackers in here? You're like, oh, I eat late at night. Uh, you got like your, you got like your hidden, you got like your hidden craving. Uh, what, just shout out a hidden craving. Like what's one thing you're like, this is what I eat. Ice cream, got mac and cheese. We're in a full dinner. Hot Cheetos, yes. You regret that the next morning, don't you? See, you know, you know, you know your late night snack. See, mine wasn't a snack. Mine was a straight up frozen pizza. Like I'm like on a, I'm on a mission. I was eating Jack's because I was poor and I uh, was in college <laughs> and that's the thing that you eat. I, I, Jack's was my, uh, my go-to like late night snack. And then when that's not around, you just kind of like when you're hungry at night, but you're like, you don't want to drive anywhere. You don't want to go anywhere. And now you're just like eating like whatever around the house. Now it's like, oh, stale like wheat thins and like expired like bread. And now it's like this milk and you're like swigging it around. You're like, uh, it's kind of curdy. I probably shouldn't drink that. Now you're just like, and then you just, you start eating things you don't even like. <laughs> Like if I'm eating raisins, I'm like, I'm, I'm at a low point in life. Like that is, a, that, is, that is a bad day. There's things that you start eating and you're like, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to get full because I'm hungry and I'm trying to be satisfied. And so now you start eating things around the house you don't even like, but you, like you're full, but you're not really like fulfilled. Like you're full on like eating a bunch of little random things, but you're not really fulfilled. If you had the one snack, if you had the one thing that you had, you're like, oh, that hits the spot. <laughs> See, sometimes in life, we like to just wander from thing to thing just so we get full and we understand we're not being fed by the thing that actually fulfills us. We're not being fulfilled by the thing that actually feeds us. See, when you're in God's presence, it's he who restores your soul. It's he who satisfies you. It's he who fulfills you. 
God doesn't want you to walk around seeking out love, joy, and peace in other areas so that way you become quote unquote full, but that you would find it in him knowing that he longs for your soul to be restored in his presence that way you become fulfilled with him. So sheep don't lie down until they're fed and until they're safe and at peace. I don't know about you, but sometimes life can just go, go, go. <laughs> it just feels rushed. How many like in your job, you're like, dude, my job right now is like, it can go boom, boom, like just one thing to the next. Like, and for all honest in here, there's moments where you're like, my job just doesn't stop. College just never stops. There's just new complexities tomorrow. There are new problems that I have to face. There's new things that I have to have. I love what it says in verse two. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Why? Because sheep don't drink out of rushed waters because their soul is not ever gonna be at rest. You can't have God's peace if you never walk at his pace. I'm gonna say that again. You'll never have God's peace if you never walk at his pace. A lot of us ask again and again, can I have God's peace? God, give me your peace which surpasses understanding. I think God wants that to be true and he desires that to be true, but sometimes our life doesn't model what we pray. And what we're asking for, our life doesn't even match what we're trying to ask for. If you want God's peace, you have to walk at his pace. The last one. The good shepherd protects. Taking notes, this is the last one. The good shepherd protects that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't know about you, but I'm sure there's moments in life where you felt like you were invincible until you weren't. There's a moment where you probably had a time where you're like, yep, I'm invincible until you got a medical diagnosis. You thought that you were invincible until you started doing really bad in school. You thought you were invincible until you maybe got let go of your job. You thought you were invincible until mental illness came into the picture. See, for me, that was my story. I thought that I was kind of invincible. Like I'm pretty healthy, I great family, great upbringing. And there was a moment when I walked through counseling, there was a moment where I understood that I wasn't invincible. And I had to be pretty honest and, and raw and authentic with God, knowing that, hey, I, God, I need you. God, I need you as the good shepherd. There are things that I cannot do on my own and I remember praying some pretty honest prayers to God, understanding like, God, I feel like I'm literally losing my mind. <laughs> Anybody have like any jacked up thoughts? Like you're like, I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> we all have them. <laughs> moments in your day where you're like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and inside counseling, I had a, a pretty honest conversation with the Lord and God, if I came back to the residency, just a rod as a vegetable, is this all that you had for me? I came to a spot where I wasn't invincible. And again, and again, and again, God looked out after me. He protected me, knowing that God still had a calling and, a, and a, an anointing on my life. And, and I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know where you're at today. And maybe right now you have a, you're just in a season of life where 
you have to just encounter God in, in a new way and understand that God is the good shepherd. Maybe you come from a pretty broken family and you're like, I, I don't get how God's a good shepherd. Maybe this past year wasn't really what you envisioned it to be. Maybe you came out of a pretty unhealthy relationship. Maybe you came out of a really hard and difficult season in your life. But I wanna remind you that God is the good shepherd who protects you. It's the rod and the staff. See, shepherds had a rod and the staff. It was actually to fend off wolves and they're actually used as a weapon for protection. It's the same thing that God inserts when he has this interaction with Moses and Moses had this rod and the staff reminding, hey, Moses, my presence is with you. I am Jehovah Raha, the Lord, my shepherd. He is with you. He is the existing one. He is the one who will always be, has been, the one who will be in the days to come over your future, over your future concerns, whether you're gonna get married or not, whether you're gonna buy a house or not, whether you're gonna graduate or not, whether you're still gonna do the same job that you're not. See, God is the God who protects because he always goes ahead of you. There's nothing in life that concerns God. There's nothing that throws God off. And so I just invite you in this moment, just to stand. Why don't you stand with me? And we're gonna end in worship. We're gonna end in worship and singing out that song that we did at the beginning, that God is the same God. He's the same God yesterday as he is today, as he will be forever be. And, and, and maybe we need to understand that God is the same God. The same God that talked to Moses is the same God that can talk to me. And I want you to have a moment, maybe in this song, before we kind of play into this song, I just want you to have a moment. Maybe you just gotta put your hands out and just receive. Maybe you have to have a moment where you just have a reflection time with the Lord and asking the good shepherd to speak to you. When's the last time God spoke something to you? The good shepherd, he's known as your friend. It's, it's an intimate language. It's the same God who spoke to David is the same God who speaks to you. The same God of Jacob is the same God that speaks to you. You can have that relationship. You can have that intimacy. You can know God as the good shepherd. And so I wanna pray. I wanna pray over you. And I don't know what you're going through, but I'm sure there's some of you in this room who like, man, I just, <laughs> I need to hear God's voice. I'm just struggling. I need to understand God is the good shepherd. I need to see that God is still here right now. I need to see that God is still moving. I need to see that God is still working. And so God, we just come before you. God, we ask, God, that your presence would be rich in this room right now. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be in this room. Ask that you, God, would speak to people. God, this is why we come. We come to understand more of who you are so we can live out your plan. We can live out your purposes. And God, I just pray over people right now who maybe had a medical diagnosis they didn't expect. And God, I just pray that they would understand you as the good shepherd. You're the one who protects. You're the one who guides. You're the one who provides. You're the one who's always there. God, I ask for healing, God, over anyone who maybe has a uncertain medical diagnosis or knows people in their family. God, I pray for people right now that are walking through mental health. God, I pray that you would, God, move in them. And that they would understand that you're the same God. Mental health isn't a mountain that's too, too big or too high that you can't overcome. 
And so before we sing, I just want you to have a moment with God. Sit in this for a second. Allow God to speak to you. I can't do it for you. Have a moment and talk to God as your good shepherd. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12stuff. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.